Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, episode 80. What does it take to do the impossible? This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. As always, it's a pleasure to join you for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders like you to accelerate yourselves and your companies to the next level of growth and success. So Pam, what's on our agenda today? What it takes to do the impossible. The fact is that in order for us to get to that next level of success, Mm -hmm. More often than not, we have to do things that in some way, shape, or form would seem impossible. Yeah. We're being inspired right now uh, with the start of the Olympics by all of these athletes who you know, are constantly breaking records and redefining what's possible. And it really takes something special to do that. It does. And visionary leaders, of course, have that kind of outlook. Right. However, sometimes even the most visionary people get stuck in a certain orbit of success. Yeah. So we were very inspired by the Olympics. And just as top athletes need to break the idea of what's possible to come up with these new records year after year, we as business leaders have to be willing to challenge the limits of possibility again and again. Sure. Redefining what is possible and, and what's not. And at its core, it comes down to the messages that we tell ourselves. Right. And a prime example of a visionary CEO who has continuously challenged conventional wisdom about what's possible in business is Brian Scudamore. Right. Now, Brian Scudamore was our guest in episode 52. Mm -hmm. What we heard in his episode was over and over again, he was talking about the seemingly impossible that he made possible. Well, that's right. In fact, I remember him saying, you know, don't tell me it's not possible. That just makes me want to work harder. That's right. And that's why it's especially appropriate that we reprise our conversation with him at this time. So here's a bit about Brian's background. He's founder and CEO of O2E Brands, which is the banner company for more familiar brands such as 1-800-GOT-JUNK, WOW One Day Painting, You Move Me, and Shack Shine. Right. He started out with one truck and a great idea, and that became 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Right. uh, Which actually is one of North America's most successful companies, and many people told him at first that that concept was impossible. Right. Now, it's a household brand name and a major player in three countries. He's poised to do the same with his three other brands, and Brian and his companies have received widespread recognition in the media and business community. This includes being named Entrepreneur of the Year by the International Franchise Association. He's been featured on CNN, ABC Nightline, Undercover Boss, and Oprah, and has shared his impressive story in Fortune Magazine, New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, and that's just to name a few. You can learn much more by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 80. 
All right. So let's get to it and listen to a reprise of our conversation right now with Brian Scudamore. And next week, we'll be back with an all-new episode. Brian, welcome to Growth Igniter's radio. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, an honor to be on your program. And uh, with the buildup there, I, uh, I'm honored. You know, you, you sound like you share the same uh, passion for entrepreneurship and franchising that I do. So excited to uh, talk to your audience today. And it seems especially appropriate to be talking about franchising. We're coming up in this new year of 2016, and it's something that I think is going to happen a lot more. There are going to be more people out there who are thinking about this. And we'd love to learn a little bit about you. What was it about the vision that drove you to create not just one highly successful global franchise brand, but four? It started with a vision to pay for college. So I was one course short of graduation from high school. I was in a McDonald's drive-thru and saw a beat-up old pickup truck with plywood side panels on the box. It was filled with junk. It said Mark's hauling on the side. And I went out and bought myself a pickup truck and started hauling junk. And five years later, I dropped out of university. I dropped out of college because I was learning more about business by running a business versus studying in school. Okay. And I spent the next 20 years building up a really successful company under the, the brand 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Had so much fun, brought so many great people into the business. We had great success, $100 million in revenue at the time throughout Canada, the United States, and Australia, that I said, maybe there's an opportunity to leverage everything we've done well marketing, PR, booking and dispatch for our franchise partners, the whole franchise space, finding great people. And the success we had in 1-800-GOT-JUNK, we thought, well, if we can build a $100 million company in the junk removal space through franchising, why couldn't we get into other equally fragmented spaces? Painting with Wow One Day Painting, moving, Shack Shine, which is our uh, our newest brand, our newest baby, so to speak, which is windows, gutters, power washing. It's the uh-huh. house detailing space. So we've been able to take these great businesses and build out a brand in, in other fragmented uh, markets. And today we're a quarter of a billion dollars in revenue with a goal to get to a billion by 2021. So ambitious goals, but we will do it because of the amazing people that we've been recruiting. That's pretty exciting. Had you always known about uh, franchising? Was that something that you naturally thought about once you got going? Or was that something that was suggested to you? As a kid, I'd always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I learned about entrepreneurship from my grandparents who had an uh, an army surplus store in San Francisco where I was born and raised. And I used to go work in their surplus store and love the game of business. And one of my businesses that I, I used to really love as a as a model was McDonald's. And as a kid, I loved McDonald's. I, I certainly enjoyed the food and everything <laughs> they were about. But I certainly um, found that I also uh, liked what Ray Kroc had built in terms of a business model of franchising, taking a business system and scaling it through great people, his franchisees. Now, one of the things that's really intrigued us, Brian, is that we've read uh, that many people said that franchising the junk business was just not possible. It was impossible. You couldn't do it. But you went ahead and did it. And what let you, what led you to break through all those barriers and really redefine the whole industry and come up to the lead of it? 
Yeah, it's a great question, Scott. I, I met with a whole ton of different franchise experts, people that were experienced in the in the industry. I met with about a dozen of them. One of them was a, a senior VP at McDonald's, and they all said it couldn't be franchised. And I don't know if they just meant that I couldn't franchise it or that it, really the, the, the space would never work. And the reason I was hearing from them was what would stop someone from buying a pickup truck of their own and starting uh, their own junk removal business, hauling junk, knocking on doors like I did in the early days. Mm -hmm. And I started to look at the industry and I took all their feedback and made a list of, of uh, objections, if you will. And I went to, back to the drawing board and I retooled the model and I said, okay, what if I could do all the booking and dispatch for our franchise owners so that they could drive sales? We set up a software system, a call center, so that we could make all that a reality. What if we could build a national brand? 1-800-GOT-JUNK wouldn't be just in Vancouver where we started, but in the top 100 metros throughout North America. What if we could build this brand that the power was behind all of us working together? If we got on the Oprah Winfrey show as we did, everyone benefited from that free press. So we got out there and drove the brand hard. And, and that model, when I went back to some of the people that said, no, this can't be franchised, they said, wow, if you're doing the booking and dispatch, you're uh, putting the training systems in place, you're creating the national brand. They said, yeah, maybe you're onto something. You're in a highly fragmented service industry that doesn't have a high level of service. And uh, I proved that what they thought was impossible was actually possible. And uh, it's funny because there's a quote on one of our walls in our office by Walt Disney. And it says, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. So yeah. one of my favorite things in the world to do as an entrepreneur is tell me no, tell me why something can't be done and I'll figure out a way to make it happen. As the CB said, uh, the impossible just takes a little longer. And exactly. uh, it sounds like what you did was you you looked at, at the business and you really identified key differentiators that would set you apart in a business model and also in attracting customers that really took it to a whole new level. Yeah, service makes the world go round. And if you can right. really treat people right, find the right people as employees who get customer experience and know how to take care of people, it's amazing what you can accomplish. And the vision seemed like a very important part of how you were growing the business. Tell us a little bit about the name O2E Brands. I mean, it stands for... Ordinary to Exceptional. Exceptional. So O2E exceptional. Brands. Yeah. Ordinary to Exceptional. O2E Brands. Now, what that is all about, where that came from, is my accountant at the time came to me and said, we have this numbered company, this parent company for all the brands we should give it a name. And I thought for about six seconds and I said, uh -huh. well, if you think about what our business is about, it's about making the ordinary exceptional through customer experience. So we said, why not call it O2E Brands? And everything we do, the junk removal business, we took an ordinary fragmented mom and pop business that was just filled with beat up old pickup trucks like I started with and we made it exceptional. We created the FedEx of junk removal. That was always the goal. Clean, shiny trucks, friendly, uniform drivers, on-time service, upfront rates. And we're doing the same thing in other fragmented spaces. So O2E seems very fitting. And it sounds like it really guides a lot of the types of brands that you choose to grow. Is that right? It guides everything. We would not buy, start, acquire an industry, a business that didn't, wasn't already ordinary and didn't have great potential to become exceptional. 
if there was a business that we saw an opportunity where the business was already exceptional and we could make it slightly better, yeah, that's not quite as exciting. We want to take something where the bar is low and really jack it up. If I think of it guiding our decisions, when someone walks into our head office, which we call the junction, uh, with a K, junction, if mm-hmm. someone comes into the office space, there's this line on the ground, this this big vinyl decal, and on one side it says ordinary, and on the other side it says exceptional. So it's All a reminder right. to our people, to our guests, anyone that comes into our space, it's like you are about to cross the line from ordinary <laughs> into exceptional. So we have fun with everything we do, and and we expect people to have an exceptional mindset. We expect well, people to hold the bar high and make great things happen. Yes. Well, we're going to cross the line over to a quick break. And when <laughs> we come back, we'll talk more with Brian Scudmore, founder and CEO of O2E Brands, about what it takes to successfully lead a rapidly growing franchise organization. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 52, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Brian Scudamore, founder and CEO of O2E Brands, the banner company for 1-800-GOT-JUNK, WOW One Day Painting, You Move Me, and Shack Shine. Brian, how can people find out more about you and your brands? Well, there's uh, the easiest way is to go to o2ebrands.com. That's letter O, number two, letter E, brands.com. Or they can Google me, Brian Scudamore, and you'll find my LinkedIn contact information, my Twitter information. I, uh, I love what I do, and I'm happy to share stories and ideas with people who, uh, who I meet. And we appreciate you sharing with our listeners. You can also access all of this by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 52, and you'll see links to everything that we've been talking about today. So uh, let's get back to our conversation. We're talking about now leading this amazing company. How has your philosophy about leadership evolved as you've gone from leading a single business to leading a corporate entity that's actually made up of multiple businesses? My philosophy, I had a big turning point in my career, the biggest one I think I've ever had where my philosophy suddenly changed and and from that point on has remained the same. But what that point was, was 1994, five years into my business, I had 11 employees and these 11 employees I had were not the right people. They weren't my type of people. They, I had nine bad apples and, you know, maybe a couple okay ones, but you know, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. And I took those 11 employees, brought them in a room one day and decided I was done. I decided I had to make a change and I fired every employee in my company and all 11 people. I said to them, you know, 
And I fired them at the same time. And I said, I've let you down as a leader. I've either not found the right people, given you the love and the training and the support you need. I haven't spent time connecting with you and I'm sorry, but you know, I don't think I have any other options but to start again. And this was my fault. And from that day, I developed a philosophy and it's posted in, at the junction right up on the big wall as someone comes into uh, our office. It says it's all about people with my name below it. Mm -hmm. It's my commitment and our commitment as a company or even a group of brands to find the right people and to treat those people right. So it's a philosophy that's a simple one, but it served us well. We're very, very careful to find the right people. We're slow to hire. We're quick to fire if something really isn't working out. And we've given someone the, the chance to fix things and given them the direction and support. We really do have a, a culture here, which is second to none. People walk through our space and they look around and it's open. It's transparent. There's no private offices, not for myself nor my president. And they look mm -hmm. around and they go, wow, this is something special. And I have to agree, we've got special people working here and, and that's made all the difference. That's terrific. And, you know, it brings to mind, uh, we were looking at O2EBrands.com and uh, at the bottom of the uh, brands page, it says, don't read the next sentence. And underneath it says, Rebel, we like that about you. We like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that. That really grabbed us. And it sounds like that embodies that philosophy. So how, how do you interpret that? Why do you like Rebels? And how do they contribute to your success? Yeah, we just like people that don't take no for an answer, that can find a way to make the impossible possible. We like people that push boundaries. We like thing, We like people that take the road less traveled and do things differently. You know, I was always as a kid told, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I'd find a better way. And sometimes you've got to think outside the box and be so far outside the box that you come up with some innovative way to do something like buying a pickup truck and, and changing an industry. And so we teach our people to be entrepreneurs, to find their own entry point into the world of entrepreneurship. And that's what O2E Brands is all about, is empowering exceptional entrepreneurship. And we have fun every single day, even when things are tough, even when things are too busy. I, I got to feel like people around here are still having a good time. Well, that brings to mind another question, which is, what particular aspects of your culture, uh, you've talked about entrepreneurship uh, and rebels, uh, what particular aspects of your culture are especially important to O2E's success now and as you visualize it going into the future? Mm -hmm. It's people caring about other people, people in the O2E family. We support and help one another, so it's, it's not uncommon. In fact, it's a daily occurrence that you hear stories or see examples of franchise partners of ours helping their neighboring franchise partner. Um, people help their peers. You know, the, the reason why I love franchising so much is you've got this network of great people, all these brilliant minds working together that people mm -hmm. come up with ideas and they share them with one another. They help support each other through challenging times. We had one uh, of our partners who had a stroke and every single person surrounding that franchise, all the franchise partners got together and took over his business to help him through that time when he needed to physically heal and until mm. he could get back on his feet. So caring, I think, is a very important part of our culture. Innovation, yes. taking the road less traveled and thinking differently. We don't want someone to say, this is what everybody's doing and we're following. We're leaders. 
you know, the rebel side, that little line that has gotten a lot of attention, which was just written very casually. It's about someone who goes, you know what? I'm attracted to the fact that this company does things differently and that they're perpetually looking for a better way and having fun. We have a ton of fun in everything we do. And, uh, you know, you spend too much time at work to not enjoy yourselves. And we take that philosophy of work hard, play harder. And uh, wow. it's having fun together. And that's such a contrast to some of the other admittedly very successful companies out there where there seems to be a ingrown culture of dog-eat-dog, get in their face and yell at them if you think they're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. For some. For some. For some. For yeah. some. And, and, you know, when everyone's got their way of doing things our way, which we're not saying is the right way for everyone, but it's the right way for us. We love what we do. It shines through and through in everything we do. I mean, people see it. They can see the passion for the businesses and the people we're building and developing. And I think as uh, long as you find your passion in life and that you can really share it with others, that's one of the big keys to success. Definitely. So we're going to take another quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Brian Scudamore, founder and CEO of O2E Brands, about some immediately useful ideas for successfully building a rapidly growing company, or four for that matter. Stay with us. So Pam, can you tell our listeners why clients engage us to speak at events, conferences, and company offsites? Well, they're seeking new insights for dramatically accelerating company transformation and growth. And they're also seeking new leadership insights about themselves, their teams, and their organizations so they can make bold new decisions about strategy and implementation. And it's been especially rewarding to find out that some of our company offsites have actually resulted in breakthrough decisions that have generated as much as tenfold growth over five years. And that is exciting. That is exciting. So contact us today at businessadvance.com to arrange for a brief call to discuss your needs and options for helping you achieve your most important goals. Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Brian Scudamore, founder and CEO of O2E Brands, the banner company for 1-800-GOT-JUNK, while One Day Painting, You Move Me, and Shack Shine, about the lessons he's learned about building and leading a family of highly successful franchise brands. Brian, can you tell us again how people can contact you or O2E Brands? Sure, they can learn more about O2E Brands and and hear more about the story on O2EBrands.com. They could get in touch with me. I'm uh, highly engaged on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Brian Scudamore. And uh, LinkedIn is also a great place. We're a connected world. It's easy to reach people these days. Oh, it is. It, It definitely is. So we are at the part of our episode where we really like to focus in on the immediately useful kinds of things that leaders can do to grow their companies. What would you say would be uh, the first thing? The first thing that I always love to tell other entrepreneurs is make sure you have a clear vision. You don't need to know how to get there. In fact, you want to specifically uh, keep your focus away from how you're going to get there. You just want to know where you're going. So for me, vision is the, the painted picture. It's a clear picture 
of what it looks like, the destination. Mm-hmm. If you think five years out in your own business life and business world, as an entrepreneur, what does your company look like? Mm-hmm. If I think of O2E Brands, you know, five years out, we will be a billion-dollar business. We okay. will have 10 brands, all in the home services space. The detail of the culture, who we are, how we act, what we represent, that's all clear in that picture. Then I rally people, a team of people, to help us figure out how we're going to make that happen. I'm the visionary, the culture guy, and I surround myself with executors who can take that picture and translate it into action. So have a vision, have a painted picture for your business. It's absolutely key. We completely agree with that. And what's interesting about O2E Brands is you're a company of companies. And within each franchise brand, there are the franchise companies. So how do you roll out the visionary practices, the idea of vision to across all this very diverse group of people who are running all these businesses? Yeah, many channels and many ways that we do that. It always starts with taking the painted picture and sharing it at our franchise kickoff, our annual meeting where all brands and all people come together. And I get up on stage and and read it and say, here's our vision. Here's the vision for 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Or if I'm speaking to the WOW One Day crew, I'll I'll talk to the WOW One Day painting company and, and say, listen, as franchise owners, this is what we're building. And I'll read them their painted picture. So a painted picture is is paramount, and it really spells out for everybody where we're going, and it gets everybody aligned very quickly. If people mm-hmm. aren't excited about it, we've had people leave the company. Uh, but the people that are excited about it say, yes, Brian and, and company, uh, we see what you guys see. And uh, then they become a key part of making it all happen. Now, I understand, Brian, that you have something called a mini vision, that everybody has their own vision. Well, we try and get people to come up with a departmental vision or a vision for themselves. What do they want to accomplish within our family of brands? So I think vision starts at the top, but then it works its way down to each and every person in the entire business uh, to challenge themselves with what do they want to accomplish. So they actually have their own painted picture within. Not everybody's created it, but we try and challenge people to come up with their own vision. We try and challenge people to come up with their own personal goals. So we've actually got a program called 101 Life Goals. And most people in the business have actually inputted into our app 101 different life goals, things that they want to accomplish, dreams that they want to make happen that they think the business or people in the business can help them uh, turn into reality. Okay. So uh, what's another immediately useful idea? Somebody can finish listening right now and go back and and put it right to work. Yeah, another one is read the E-Myth. The E-Myth Revisited by Michael mm, Gerber. Good book. We, uh, yes. Right up here in our bookcase. Yeah, we have stacks of them here. And when people come into the office, if they haven't read it, we give it to them. You know, outsiders will come in for a meeting and we'll say, have you read the book? Well, here you go. Hugely impactful uh, business book. I've gotten to know Michael Gerber over the years, and we love systematize uh, systematization, taking things that might be broken and going, what's the opportunity here to systematize this so that the same problem never happens again? Mm-hmm. So systems are a very important thing, especially when you're talking about being able to replicate uh, success across the world. Exactly. And, you know, if I had to come up with a third one, I, I you know, there's three things I like to talk about. Vision, 
people and systems. So we covered the systems with the e-myth. We covered vision mm-hmm. with the painted picture. On the people side, it's just do you really have the right people and are you treating them right? So treating people right, what does that mean to you? Really going through your own brain and saying as a leader, what is treating people right? And for us, it was five weeks paid vacation. We increased the level of vacation across the company because we wanted people to work hard and play harder. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. Uh, we created a profit sharing program so that we could share profits with the people in the business, provided we hit, hit our goals. And uh, just generally recruiting people, we, we really focus on bringing the right people into the business. So lots of uh, recruiting tools that we have as a business that are all e-mythed, of course, where we can bring the right people in and make sure we treat them right. And when you do that and you succeed, uh, I take a look at our business and I feel so blessed and lucky that we have the people we have here and our uh, hard work has, has really shown itself. Oh, that's that's wonderful. This has been really great to talk with you about all of this. Are there any uh, final thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with on the topic of being a leader of a world-class franchise? I just love what I do. And, and I think uh, I said this before, but it's worth repeating. If you find your passion and you have a clear picture of what your vision is, getting there becomes easy. You know, it's not always easy work, but it somehow just becomes smooth and, and things just come together. If you've got the right motivation to get to your passion and find the right people who believe in that same vision or passion that you've got, um, like Walt Disney, it becomes fun to do the impossible. And I found that so many things that we've planned on, uh, on doing and made happen, others told us they would be impossible, yet we've proven we can do them. You definitely have. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for being our guest on Growth Igniters Radio. I enjoyed my time. Thank you to both of you. Oh, Brian, it's been great. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, find out about upcoming episodes, read the transcript for this episode, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 52. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to think about. So what can you do to challenge conventional wisdoms of your industry and redefine what can be done? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.